0: Baobalb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with bowbulb.org.
1: Good day, brothers and sisters in the faith. With our church premises still closed, I welcome you once again to this podcast. I pray that our virtual worship will be meaningful and of value in the continuing time of the COVID pandemic. For our call to worship, we have these words from the Psalmist. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And with those words, our first hymn, When I survey the wondrous cross. opening prayer will end with the Lord's Prayer, and I invite you once again to join me at that stage as we say together the beautiful and meaningful words taught by our Lord Jesus. O Lord, our Creator and Redeemer, as you have given us this day of worship, so now we bring to you in this podcast service our hearts and our hands, our thoughts and our voices. Accept our praise and prayers. Speak to us through the Bible as we hear it read and explained. Deepen our understanding of our Christian faith. And when our time of worship ends, may it be with your joy in our hearts and in the teaching of your word, give us guidance on how we can glorify you in the world outside. Almighty God, loving God, each of us is a mixed bag. We like to think that we are single-minded and of single purpose. But when we look closely at ourselves, we see that such is not the case, as we have to acknowledge that during the past week we have strayed. Father God, we thus have a need to confess our unworthiness of many issues. We found the demands of this world have crept into our lives and destroyed the single-mind purpose that we desired to follow. Because of those demands, we found ourselves giving only partial momentum to the eternal things of life. We did not meditate and pray as we ought. Consequently, we did not understand your will in matters we had to manage. We did not study your word as we should have. Therefore, we were not fortified to withstand many of the temptations that overtook us. We fail to engage in answering the cries of those about us, as we should have. Thus, we have missed the wonders of life that we could have shared. We fail to take seriously the crisis that confronted our society. Therefore, they grew more serious because of lack of concern or management of our part. And so, Father, we bow our heads even lower as we realize that in so many ways we missed the one way by which the struggles and needs of life could be handled. Forgive us, Father, for trying to handle the challenges in our life in our own inadequate strength and for leaving you out of the equation. Open our hearts this day so that we may allow you in, so that you may become our true Lord of life. And Father, we once again thank you for the promise that when we confess, and place before you our sins and missteps. In your grace and mercy, you not only forgive us, but give the assurance that we are special to you, and thus our worship today is acceptable in your sight. And we pray that in your strength and guidance, we may be able to do wondrous things in your name for those we meet from now on, because we have gained your purpose, your peace, and your love to help us manage day by day all this we ask for jesus sake as we end this our prayer in the words he taught us our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. For our Bible reading today, we turn to Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, and reading from verses 13 to 22. Some people brought their children to Jesus so that he could place his hands on them and pray for them. His disciples told the people to stop bothering him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me and don't try to stop them. People who are like these children belong to God's kingdom. After Jesus had placed his hands on the children, he left. A man came to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to have eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? Only God is good. If you want to have eternal life, you must obey his commandments. Which ones? the man asked. Jesus answered, Do not murder. Be faithful in marriage. Do not steal. Do not tell lies about others. Respect your father and mother and love others as much as you love yourself. The young man said, I have obeyed all these. What else must I do? Jesus replied, If you want to be perfect, Go and sell everything you own. Give the money to the poor, and you will have riches in heaven. Then come and be my follower. When the young man heard this, he was sad because he was very rich. Thus far, may God bless to us these readings from his holy word. And to his name be all praise and honor, now and forevermore. Amen. Let us pray. O God, open your word to our hearts, and our hearts to your word, and so write its message on our hearts, that its power may be manifest in our lives. All this we ask for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In line with our Bible reading, I've called our topic today, The Faith of a Child. Our Bible reading gives us two important insights into the matter of Christian faith. Firstly, the importance God in Jesus attaches to faith and the depth such faith should possess. And Jesus does this in the biblical text by using the distinctive intensity of children's approach to life. In line with this, I put to you the belief that children have a unique perspective about God, a perspective that we all could use. You can see this plainly in the way they talk to God. I came across a listing of some of the wonderful ways children think about God and their unique relationship and bond with God. So much so that it can be clearly seen that they see him truly as a father God. Just listen to these quotes from children on issues of doctrine and scripture. Dear God, I read the Bible. What does begat mean? Nobody will tell me. Or, how did you know you were God? And, dear God, are you really invisible or is that just a trick? Or, dear Jesus, I would like to know why all things you said are printed in red in my Bible. And then again, there's questions of a little less eternal significance. Dear God, who draws the lines around the countries? Or, dear God, I'm South African. What are you? And there are always honest statements of life in general. Thank you, God, for my baby brother. But what I prayed for is a puppy. And then? Why is Sunday school on Sunday? I thought that was supposed to be our day of rest. And then, dear God, if we come back as someone else, please don't let me be Jennifer Horton because I don't like her. And, of course, no one can praise and give thanks like a child. Dear God, I think the stapler is one of your greatest inventions. Dear God, I don't ever feel alone since I found out about you. And then, Dear God, I don't think anybody could be a better God. And I want you to know that I'm not just saying that because you are God. And finally, Dear God, I didn't think orange went with purple until I saw the sunset you made on Tuesday. That was cool. In a child, the simple questions or praises are not difficult to ask or make, the honesty is not held back, and the admiration and worship pour out from genuine hearts. My question in this podcast is whether this could be said of us, the adults. For us adults, the New Testament reading this morning gives an uneasy message to our Christian beliefs. The gospel stories show clearly that Jesus had been very busy while he was here on earth. Between teaching in the temple and on the hillside, between the private time he had with his disciples explaining to them what was going to happen and his public ministry to the masses, he must have completely understood what it felt like to work a 70 hour a week. Besides Jesus' general schedule, one should not overlook the healings of the demon-possessed, the lame, the leper and the paralytic, his amazing display of power over the unquenchable powers of nature, Jesus's claim over the people of the world as his lost children, his strenuous traveling schedule from town to town on foot, Jesus's intellectual and spiritual battles with the Pharisees, scribes and Sadducees, and his condemnation of the moral decline of first century Palestine. From the extremes of feeding 5,000 hungry people to giving living water to a neglected woman, we see that no opportunity was too big or too small for the careful attention of the Master. Such conviction and persistence caused Jesus' friends to worry about him. Let us not doubt that reading between the lines. What was most noticeable to Jesus' friends and disciples was, most likely, his slowing pace, his heavy high eyes, extended by their overbearing bags, and his blistered feet. His disciples urged Jesus to prioritize his time and let only the important people approach. In the thinking of his disciples, Jesus from now on should only carry out the things that would be important. And of earth shaking proportions. We can almost hear them discussing and agreeing as the children were carried out to him for blessing. The last thing Jesus needs is to be bothered by a bunch of whining, screaming, pinching, clawing, dirty diapered, slobbering kids. And I would put to you, parents and grandparents, that there are times in our lives that we can sympathize and we can understand those sentiments. How often has been that your reaction as you come home after a difficult day? You long for a quiet relax in your favorite easy chair, and all you hear are the screaming and squabbling of the children. But here is the difference. We read of Jesus' immediate indignant words of rebuke ringing in the ears of the well-meaning disciples as he commanded that the children be brought forward to him. Do not let the familiarity of the story take away from its amazing implications. Our Bible reading tells us clearly that Jesus wanted to be near the children. He loved them, always and without exception. Children were also people needing his grace and, yes, his forgiveness at times. They were the epitome of faith and hope. He ironically rebuked those protecting him and commanded That those who burdened his already busy schedule be allowed to approach him unhindered. The second wonderful aspect of the story is that Jesus reaches out for children. Why, the disciples must have wondered. The answer is that it is because the faith of a child is to be modeled by all. The question worth meditating this day in the light of the biblical text is how, and the answers. By faith, perhaps even blind faith. By simple faith that hopes to learn more and develop into the type of faith and trust that can move mountains. By faith that has trust enough to think that the God of creation wants us to sit close to him always. Our gospel reading was written and this particular story included because we, as did the disciples of old, are to understand this type of faith held by a child. And because it is vital that we can learn about how a Christian is expected to accept the kingdom of earth. We must learn that this wide-eyed and open-hearted approach of children not only works with Jesus, but is commanded and welcomed by him. But there can be pitfalls. The confused disciples after this biblical incident probably reflected on what had just happened and agreed upon themselves that Jesus' theological teaching was that, quote, everyone who has faith believes like a child. To believe in God is to exercise this. It is not as complex as Jesus makes it out to be, unquote. But how wrong they were. Because Jesus' next move startled them even more, shaking the very foundation of their new theological insight. The next scene in our New Testament Bible reading sees Jesus rejecting the offering of a rich young ruler. This scene explains Jesus' actions to an even greater degree. Here is a rich man, young, strapping and outwardly intelligent. He believes in God. He offers obedience to a point. He even displays his society's understanding of keeping God's commandments. However, when it comes to the crunch, the young man chooses himself over Christ. His wealth and intelligence serve only to make him ignorant and poor. He walks away with all his desires, but at the same time, he walks away with nothing. Compared to children, the rich man had nothing to offer the master, because his faith has limits. The question that is posed to each of us listening to this podcast is whether your faith also has its limits. And then the question, what is the state of your faith? Is it like the rich young ruler whose faith only went so far? The overprotective disciples who thought they understood the Messiah's needs when in reality they wanted Jesus for their own private needs more than for anyone else? Or are we like the children who just long to be close to Him? When you look at a child, just observe how the child, who knows the Lord, has no doubt that the Father God always has time to talk, to laugh, to cry, and to hear the confessions of a sincere heart. I would like to believe that the funny comments we listed at the beginning of the service are equally appreciated by God and that they display a faith like that that was welcomed by Jesus. Have no doubt, my brothers and sisters, we follow a wonderful religion in Christianity, but we also need to know that we are called to a faith that is filled with paradox, as exemplified by the rich young man. So often we gain wealth by giving all away. So often we become wise by buying into what the world calls foolish. We become strong by admitting our weakness, and we grow up by becoming more childlike, not childish, in our faith. And there is also the unfortunate and the sad truth that too often we as Christians do need to grow up, that is, to grow up in our faith. We show this need when we have an immature and non-productive faith. However, the good news is that existing faith is open to receive more faith. The Christian road to maturity happens when we travel that road in faith and gain more faith because of our single-minded belief. For all of us, let us recall the wonderful truth that it was the child's faith in the father that brought the prodigal son home. The question that needs to be considered by each of us this day is whether our faith in God is such that will eventually lead us home to the Abba Father. Amen. Our closing prayer. O Father, we would approach you now with the faith of a child, a faith that has no doubt that we can come to you in the sure and certain knowledge that, like a loving parent, you not only welcome our approach, but also welcome our trust in you. So, Father, as we make known our petitions to you this day, we do so with complete faith that you have the power to grant what we need and what those for whom we pray also need. Let your spirit of wisdom and mercy move this day in the hands and minds of all your servants, O God our Father, In surgeons who stand at the junctures of life and death, especially in this time of the COVID pandemic. In parents who guard the gates of their children's hearts against fear and build into them a lasting peace. In writers who open the imagination of all ages to visions by which life is glorified or corrupted. That women and men may see beyond themselves. In social workers who bring clarity to confusion hope to despair, and counsel to the concerned that life may not be an impossible burden. In teachers who live at the growing edge of the mind, encouraging, stimulating, revealing truth, and maturing the abundant life of children. In humble folk who seek to be faithful to you in every work by which the world is sustained, We think of those near and dear to us who face problems of life. We think of those mentioned in our weekly and monthly bulletins who are distressed by illness. We think of those who we count as friends and neighbors who are confronted with serious issues in daily living. We pray for families struggling with pains and problems that are about to tear it apart. Give stability to each family member and wisdom sufficient to help them manage so that they can indeed find harmony and peace. By your grace, give healing to those suffering sicknesses in body and mind, and be with those who grieve. Also at this time, we continue to pray for our minister Heidi and her children. Wipe away their tears and give them hope as they face life in the absence of one who is so dearly loved. Bring salvation to the lost so that new life may be a reality and eternity may be assurance in their lives. And Father, use us all to lift the fallen, love the unlovely, and bring joy to the world, because we are indeed followers of the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. And for our benediction, the grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this Spudcaster podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe.